Greetings to all of my brothers and sisters in Christ. You are listening to Shepherd's Gate Christian Ministries Prepare the People, a podcast for troublesome times. I am your host, the ever joyful Brother Nathan Waldron. And for this episode, I am pleased to be presenting a message brought to us by the highly esteemed Brother Aldwin Nathan. We ask that you will pardon the audio in this message because we were unable to record in the studio. Nevertheless, we believe that what is being said here will be beneficial to you in your Christian journey as you strive to perfect holiness before the Lord. Praise be to God. God is God is so good to us. He is just, he is so good. He, he is good beyond the telling of it. Oh, praise God. I'm, I'm so grateful uh, to be here and uh, just to to share what God has put on my heart. And uh, lift me up in prayer also, because um, when I speak, it's it's extemporaneously. I, I don't um, know everything I'm going to say. I just know some of the things that God has put on my heart to say. And sometimes when he, he gives me a lot, like he has tonight, I'm not always sure how it's going to come out. <laughs> so... Um, just lift me up in prayer and, and trust that God will, will speak to me and through me. Praise be to God. There were so many good things um, that I heard tonight. Um, one person was talking about we're in a real war. And uh, that has been on my my mind as I was thinking about what I was going to share tonight. Because, you know, whenever people ask me how I'm doing, I usually respond, the struggle is real, but so is our Savior. We we are in a real struggle. There is a real battle. But our Savior is real too. You know, in John 10.10, 10, Jesus said, The thief comes to steal and to kill and destroy. But I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. You know, we have an enemy who is after us and tries to trip us up tries to get us into sin, tries to steal our joy, try to get us discouraged. But we also have a Savior who has interceded for us, who has interposed his precious blood to purchase us, who has given us the Holy Spirit, and he claims us as his own. And so we're in the midst of a struggle, but the victory is sure. The victory is sure. Praise God. In you know, in John chapter eight, verse um, thirty-four through thirty-six, Jesus was speaking, and he said that everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. He said the slave has no permanent place in the household, but the son has a permanent place. He said, therefore. If the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. Again, Jesus is outlining the struggle that we have. He said, if you're a sinner, if you sin, you become a slave to sin. Sin, sin tries to enslave you, entrap you, and, and hold you. You know, um, we have a saying that we often say, um, 
sin will take you further than you thought you would go. It would keep you longer than you wanted to stay, and it will charge you more than you ever thought you'd pay. That's the deceptive nature of sin. And Jesus said, when when we sin, we become slaves to sin. But he said that if he sets us free, we will be free indeed. So there is a remedy. There is, there is a Savior who is able to set us free, and he has set us free, and we're grateful. You know, there's a battle. There's a struggle that's going on over our souls. And it goes on pretty much every waking moment. Um, I think of something that um, I heard a Scottish pastor. His name was um, Alistair Beck. He's from Scotland. And he was speaking one day on something he called the evil day. And very simply, he said, the evil day is when temptation, desires, and opportunity intersect. And from my own experiences, I realized they don't always come at the same time. You know, there, there are times when there is um, temptation and there's desire, but there's no opportunity to fulfill this sinful desire. And, and that's a big red flag. Right away, there's a big, that's a big red flag because, you know, the only thing that's keeping you from sinning at that point is that you really don't have the opportunity to. And that's a dangerous place to be. But sometimes the, the temptations aren't really that strong. We have desire, but there's, and there's also the opportunity. But um, the temptation isn't really that strong. It's not a real assault. And, of course, the remedy for all these things is prayer. We have to keep going to God in prayer. Whenever you, you feel tempted, whenever there's wrong desires or wrong thoughts, Pray about it. Cast it out. The one I like, though, that I've experienced is when I've been strongly tempted. When I've been, the, the temptations have been a, an assault upon me. And there's also opportunity to sin. And Satan is trying to get me to sin in one way or another. But the desire to please God is greater. And those, those, that's, oh, that's a wonderful time because that's a time when you feel the hand of God upon you, when you experience the grace of God upon you. And all you can do is pray and, and be honest with God and say, God, I'm tempted with this right now. I, I, I want to give into it. I, but I know it doesn't please you. So help me. And he does. In fact, there's a promise I want to share with you. Um, it's first Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. It says that no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. But God is faithful, and he will not allow you to be tempted beyond your strength. But with the temptation, he will provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. And that way of escape for me has always been prayer. Just honest prayer. Just say, God, I I want to do this, but I know it doesn't please you. So please Keep me from going there. Keep me from doing this. And he strengthens me, and he helps me to overcome more and more. But the thing is, is that even when we're overcoming, we're walking faithfully with the Lord, we can't keep our eyes off the Lord because 
you know, even when when even when Satan tempted uh, Jesus in the wilderness, after the third temptation, it says that he left him until a more opportune time. So he would leave us alone when we resist him. He'll flee from us, but he'll be back. He'll be back. So we have to stand strong. We have to um, we have to keep our eyes out for those those things that trigger us in different ways. Um, and, you know, Satan tries to turn everything into a sin. You know, um, he, just, he just tries to get us to trip us up in every which way he can. You see, because he knows something. He knows that if he can get us into sin, it'll hinder our prayers. Isaiah 59, verse 1 and 2, it says, um, Behold, the Lord's arm is not short that he cannot save, or his ear dull that he cannot hear. But your sins have made a separation between you and God, and your iniquities have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Satan knows if he can get us into sin, that it hinders our prayer life. It brings condemnation upon us, and it makes it harder for us to trust God and walk with him. And it makes it harder for God to really um, bless us the way he wants to because of our disobedience. So he's always going to be trying to trip you up in some way. He's always going to be trying. But the Holy Spirit will always be pointing out to us different areas where we may be struggling, where we may be falling. And one of the things I want to share tonight is the need for... Honest fellowship. I know um, there's a lot that I'm I'm speaking on, but these things are all important. In First John chapter one, um, let's see, verse six through ten. Uh, let me see. I'll read it. it. Says, if we say that we have fellowship with Him, and walk in darkness. We lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. This this passage talks about the importance of being in honest fellowship. Verse 7, if we walk in the light, we have, uh, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, has, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And it's important that we be in honest fellowship with one another. So there's two things there. One is, in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, he provides a way of escape during times of struggle and temptation, and that is prayer. But he also gave us the body, the body of Christ, the body of believers to help us when we struggle. And that is something that we have to be in honest fellowship. And it doesn't mean that if you sin, you have to get up in front of the whole church. But there there has to be one or two um, brothers or sisters 
that you can speak with honestly about your struggles so that um, they can help wash your feet, so to speak. Um, the things of the world that, that, that want to cling to you, that you, you might struggle with. Um, the body is meant to minister to one another in that way. And so we can always find one or two faithful brethren that we can talk to and walk in, in honest fellowship with. As Again, I say it doesn't have to be the whole church, but it, it has to be. Uh, we, we can't walk around with unconfessed sins. Uh, we confess it to the Lord um, for forgiveness, but the Bible in the book of James talks about us forget, uh, confessing to one another for healing, for cleansing, for strength. Uh, for deliverance from it, from its hold. And the last thing I want to share really is um, something that God said to the church in Philadelphia in uh, Revelation chapter 3, verses 10 and 11. And it encouraged me. He said to them, because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. And then he said, Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. And so we're in this this battle, but it's a glorious battle. We have a Savior who has already overcome the world. And he's overcome it on our behalf as well. We have the Holy Spirit to guide us in all truth. We have his Holy Word to guide us in all truth. That when we're not sure, we can we can rely upon his word to, to keep us straight. And he said, we have to persevere. This church persevered. And he said, because you persevered, I'm going to keep you from that hour of trial that's coming. And then he reminds them. Hold fast to what you have, that no one may take your crown. The Lord wants us in his kingdom. He wants us with him. And, you know, the devil is always going to try to trip us up, to see if we can backslide, to see if he can get us to live compromised lives. But but don't do it. Don't do it. Love him more. Love him more. When, when we're tempted with sin, and this is something that, that's, been happening to me for years, and uh, I hope it, it helps you all, and you can also minister to others with this. Whenever I'm tempted with sin, I hear the voice of God say to me, do you love me more than this? And I realize it's only a test of my love for him. Whenever you're struggling with hard times, with difficult times, with, with frustrating times, whatever, uh, things aren't always going well. You should hear God's voice saying to you, do you trust me more than what you see? It's, it's a test of our faith. And we're tested in these ways. We're tested. Our love for him is tested. Our faith in him is tested. And we have to realize it's only a test. Keep looking to him. Keep trusting in him. Keep persevering. Stand on his holy word and worship him with joy. Let no one take your crown. Amen.